This is the Scoop Slam Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Scoop Slam Podcast. We're back once again. I'm your host, Micah, and today we're going to be running down Elimination Chamber and Raw February 20th edition. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host. He has escaped from his chamber to record this episode. It's Ryan. Yo, Micah. Hey, man, it was a pretty solid pay-per-view and a very mixed bag raw. You ready to get into it? Yeah, I think I will. It was a pretty solid show. I think it was one of the better elimination chambers in the past couple years. And the men's chamber was one of the best chamber matches in a while. And mm-hmm. uh, they didn't really hit it home on Monday, but we'll go ahead and get right into it. Uh, no rumors this week as we've got the pay-per-view to review and Raw, so we're just going to do these two things today. And at the top of the show, I do want to say we're not going to have a, a Dynamite Smackdown review this weekend. I'll be out of town on vacation, so we won't be back for that. We will be back next week with rumors and Raw next thursday so look forward to that and if this is your first time listening to the scoop slam podcast i'm gonna run down our format so a lot of places a lot of shows podcasts whatever have their ups and their downs their positives and our negatives we do as well called scoops and slams our scoops are our ups or our positives our slams or our downs or our negatives we open up the show, or they open up the show, we'll open up the review, with the Women's Elimination Chamber involving Natalia, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Nikki Cross, Asuka, and I feel like I'm forgetting one, but I can't remember who it is. <laughs> Carmella. That's it. And we'll start with the scoops it was won by oscar and they opened up the chamber match with natalia and Liv morgan and i thought it was a really solid opening sequence from a veteran and i won't say a rookie but i guess a kind of newcomer in uh the wwe and Liv morgan but i thought it was a really good way to open up the chamber and the show all around yeah i guess i just and Maddie's been there for a long time. You don't think it's time for her to move on, just train women in the backstage role or something like that? I'm just not feeling Natalia at all. Yeah, I mean, I can see your point. She's not my favorite, personally. Or anybody's. (laughs) Well, I mean, when you You put it like that. Do you ever see a Natalia sign anywhere or a Natalia shirt out in any wrestling show, Micah? You know, I can't say that I have. No, no, <laughs> nobody has. I'm just, I don't know. I don't like when guys or girls just stick around in WWE for 15 years. I just, they get stale and then you just groan every time they're on screen. Just go away. Res- respectfully, just go away. Go Go backstage. Train up the the, the, the younger generation. It, it, it's time to move on. Getting tell you out of there. But yeah, good good sequences for herself. Yeah, I mean, I see your point. I yeah, she's kind of in the Ziggler Kingston territory where it's just like kind of here and you're just treading water, but you're not really doing anything. And at this point, even if she does put over a younger talent, what does it truly 
mean at this point. You know what I'm saying? Just because she hasn't been treated like a top star in a while. Yeah, I guess you had to put her in there because they're in Canada. And, you know, those Canadians, those Canucks love their home country people. Hey, we got us a Canadian audience. Shout out to you guys. All right, all right. <laughs> we, we, we hear you. We hear you guys. Well, I'll let you go ahead with your next scoop. We only got a couple here. So what do you have for this match? I thought that sunset flip thing they did was pretty pretty cool. It, it, it started out a little shaky, but they landed it, you know? Yeah. They had a bunch of stuff that I thought was done well when a couple spots, especially in the men's chamber. But even in the women's chamber, I thought some of it was done pretty good. One thing I don't like, and this isn't even a knock on the women's chamber, this is just a knock on chambers in general, is the fact that they changed the outside from the oh, no. steel. You nitpicking. I mean, I'm not the one taking bumps on it, so I get it, but... They can do more stuff with that, um, that little padding they got on the outside. And they did when they had the grates, because nobody wanted to do anything on the grates. I guess it just makes it feel more uh, gritty. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But, I mean, like you put it like that a couple weeks ago when we were talking uh, just on the phone that the chamber now just kind of looks more like it's marketed to be a toy than yeah. the old one. So, eh, you know, but I get it. Could you see uh, Austin Theory taking an F5 on them greats? No, you, oh, there's God, no way you would. No, but so you can do more stuff on those little. Um, I don't want to call them padding, but you know the the mat on the the the, the chamber floor. Yeah, I don't even know what it's made out of. It's just kind of like some boards or something. I don't know. I'm sure it has some padding on it, or God, I would hope, but I don't know. But anyways, um. We only had one more, and we both kind of agreed on that one, and we both agreed on this one as well, that the correct woman won this chamber. It was Asuka's to win and Asuka's to lose, and I think that's the best match they can make going forward. The only other two people, and I think we hit on this on the last show as well, that I would have even thought to consider were uh, Raquel and Liv, but they're both babyface, and I don't think they're quite ready for that spot just yet so i think it was the right decision yeah agreed agreed well following that we had some slams so since i mm. opened up the scoops i'll let you go ahead and open us up with the slams i feel like they um natty and Liv, raquel they, they tried a little too much for my liking it, it, it felt a little contrived at points you can see that they slowed down so other one could hit one person it just looked Looked like they were trying to do too much in there, you know? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, which, I mean, we both had this one, that uh, there were just times, like you said, one of them would slow down or one of them would uh, almost, like, guide the other one to the spot that they were fixing to do. and uh, They would just look at each other and then, like, bro, put your hands up if you see that coming. I mean, uh, that's a lot of women's wrestling nowadays anyway, or at any point. Um, it's like yeah, yeah. It's like man, you watch the WNBA. They're not gonna, they're not gonna dunk the ball. They're not gonna pull up from thirty-five feet for a three-pointer. It's just, I don't know. You, you get you get what you expect when you watch women's wrestling. Yeah. 
And I think that's uh, across both companies. I don't think it's just a WWE or just AEW thing. Like, I remember from the uh, Women's Triple Threat from Dynamite the other, or last week. Like, I don't remember who was trying to do it, but uh, it was some kind of, like, neck breaker or something. And she just grabbed her by the arm. I think Ruby <laughs> did. And it just, stuff like that. Like, I, it's almost like things get overcomplicated. And it's it's like you don't have to do all that to make it work. But, you know, that's just how it is, I guess. Um, I had one, and it kind of follows into that as well. Um, Raquel got hit with a code breaker off the top rope from Liv. And she got right back up, I think, to take a move from Natalia or was it Natalia or was it uh Nikki Cross it was one of them but I don't man the code breaker was Jericho's finisher and it was off the top yeah. rope you're just yeah. not selling that anymore we just uh forget about it I think at one point Liv hit it on Nikki and then Michael Cole claims that Nikki kicked out when she clearly did not kick out it was a three count how Michael Cole kind of bothered me throughout this whole event. I don't know about you, Micah. Uh, you know what you get. This wasn't his best night. Yeah, this wasn't his best night. I think legit the only announcer that I like right now is Taz <laughs> across whoa, every show. Oh, Wade Barrett? He's good on Fridays. He's all right. Uh, I, I like, I like, um... Corey Graves is okay in some... If he has the right guy with him, you know? Yeah, you know how I feel about Corey. And Pat, Pat McAfee, whenever oh, he's there... Oh, yeah, okay, I forgot about him. You know, he's out of sight, out of mind type thing. It's, Michael Cole has really bad nights, and this was not his best right here. Yeah, which sucks, because he's really good at the Rumble. You know why? <laughs> uh, you got a point. Pat it was there, man. It's just, uh, and too many guys in WWE try to be Michael Cole. Like their commentary style is exactly like Michael Cole, and Michael Cole isn't even good at being Michael Cole sometimes. And when you got people trying to be him, it just—it's not for me. It makes you want to turn down the commentary, listening to the whole event. And I think that uh, what made announcers unique in the 90s was like i don't know jr was his own person king was yeah. his own person cole taz Heyman, even they were all separate entities who brought something to the table but now it's just like filler people in a role that they all sound the same in and none of them have any i guess character or personality it's just a suit we got to give a little shout-out to old Vinny Mac. He was good as a commentator in my book. I think so. There's sometimes that, watching 96, he he just has a really... When you hear the Vince McMahon character for so long and you go back and listen to his announcing, he puts on such a fake voice. Yeah. <laughs> a fake voice, and he never calls any of the moves. Mm -mm. And then if it's like a random like a body slam or something, he'll get all animated. Oh, he's got him. He's got him. One, two. Oh, he doesn't have him. Yeah. I don't know, man. I always get a kick out of Vinny Mac's commentary in the 90s. It's all right. I'll give him that. It, it could be a lot worse. I'd take him today over oh, what we have. Most oh, most definitely. Hey, he ain't doing nothing. Put him on commentary. <laughs> <laughs> all 
All right, well, I'll let you go ahead with the next slam. I think you, well, you kind of had one. We both? Never mind, I'm about to say you you just touched on yours with the whole Michael Cole thing, messing up with the code breaker. Well, yeah, we both, look like we both had a slam for this that we agreed on, and that's um, Stone Cold Liv Austin there. <laughs> um, she just kind of passes out in a sharpshooter. Uh, well, is she the toughest woman alive, Michael? Yeah, uh... What, well, didn't she get locked in the sharpshooter and then she didn't even tap? And then Asuka put her lock in? Yep. And then she, she passed just out. passed out. Like, yep. Yep. I, That's what happened. I can understand if she stayed through the sharpshooter. But it doesn't make her look weaker, in my opinion. If she just tapped out when Oscar put the Oscar lock on, like that's a regular response from a upper mid card women's wrestler. They treat her like she's Mick Foley. Jesus Christ, man, she's an eighty pound, eighty pound girl, and she's treated like Steve Austin in '97. I, I just, that, it's not for me. It's not for me, and I think that. Is it really going to hurt her for tapping out? Really? No. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Nobody wants to do that anymore. Nobody, everybody thinks it's the tough thing to just pass out and hold. But even in the UFC, people tap out. Like, I, it's overdone now because everybody thinks it makes them look tougher. But if it makes everybody yeah. look tougher and everybody does it, then it makes nobody look tougher. It looks phony, especially if you are just a casual watcher of anything MMA. Like, bro, come on now. Yeah. Tap out. Just, just, just tap out. It's not going to make you look any weaker. Well, speaking of weak, we got a weak finish coming up. We had Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar next. Hmm. And, you know, I hate this. This is the prototypical WWE thing. The sizzle, not the steak. I was excited to see this match. I knew it was going to be finisher spam, and I'm okay with that. I know I know that going into it. But, boy, this finish was awful. Bobby has him in the hurt lock. Lesnar fights it and fights it and fights it, and he doesn't tap and he doesn't give out. And then he just low blows Brock, or low Daggum, too many bees. <laughs> Brock low blows Bobby. Say that three yeah. times fast. <laughs> and then the match is called off. And Brock just goes on a rampage, beating the piss out of Bobby. F5's the ref. Goes to the outside. F5's Bobby through the table. F5's the ref again. Apparently that wasn't even planned. And that's it. Yep. And so, yeah, I'll let you open this one up. Well, I thought, you know, the, the, the fast start, these guys aren't getting paid by the hour. So, you know, having a full-on sprint like that, probably the best move. Um, and I got a second scoop. I'm going to hit you with the double stack. Just double like stack. Coined it. coined it last week. We got to trademark that. <laughs> um, the Rampage by Brock after the match, kind of made up for the F finish, you know? To me. 
Yeah. Yeah, I... I don't know. It just left a sour taste in my mouth. I think I didn't. These guys, these guys can do a lot better, and I'm hoping. I'm not sure now because I, what they did on Monday, that they would get a final and a solid ending to their year-long rivalry. It feels like. That's what I was hoping for too when I came away from this. Maybe like a last man standing match. Or even an I fight quit pit. match. Or, or, yeah, fight pit. I don't know why I always forget that, even though we talked about that last week. A fight pit <laughs> match at Mania would have sufficed. But now, after the direction that we were going with on Monday, I don't think that's going to happen. And just what was the point of this whole thing? In all honesty, looking at it now, in hindsight, after Raw, what was the point? After SmackDown last week, because remember, Bray called them both out. That too. I'm not sure where they're going with this, but I, I, I'm still intrigued about where they're going to go with How are they going to get out of this? Because you got Bray added to the, to, the, to the mix. Omos is somehow involved in this. MVP. Because, you know, Micah, the Hurt Business haven't officially reunited. Yeah. So why is... Omar's calling out Brock. We're skipping way ahead here. <laughs> yeah, well, I go ahead for the slams, and we'll we'll hit on this a little later. But yeah, I didn't really understand that either because it was like MVP was speaking for Bobby. But anyways, yeah, I mean the only scoop I had was that it was a solid expected matchup. I already hit that. Um, my slam, I got two. I'm gonna hit you with a double stack now. Um, right. Bobby was slapping hands on the way to the ring yet he was presented like such a main event heel on monday why are you why are you engaging with the fans well to be fair let me play devil's advocate here he never he never like cut a heel promo to the fans he just kind of doesn't like brock i don't know the suit the black suit the shades inside the table the security guards he just felt man like he look man can't look dapper. I mean, come on now. So if you wear your nicest clothes, Micah, to work, everybody gonna think you're a a hole for the day? No, but you just it, you you present a certain feeling. <laughs> so I should wear a t shirt all the time, Micah. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. Oh man. Okay. Casual. <laughs> what what else you what's <laughs> anyways what's the double? My double stack was the fact that there was no Hurt Business nor Bray Wyatt involvement. I was expecting after the cheap finish that either Bray was going to, you know, teleport to the ring with his supernatural (laughs) being. Come on now. Or the Hurt (laughs) Business was going to jump the rail and they were going to beat up Bobby. But nope, we just got a Brock Rampage and then boom. Boom, 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 and that was it. <laughs> there was no, you know, I don't know. I guess the other stuff was teased, so they never officially. Well, no, Bray did officially call one of them out. I don't yeah. know. It was weird. The whole thing was weird, and it kind of felt like they panicked and just made a decision. That theme is gas, though. You can't lie about that. Oh no, I um, mean it's relevant twenty years later. Yeah, I mean, I still, if I'm going to the gym or something, Micah, that's in the playlist. 
But yeah, we we, we kind of fantasy booked in our heads, and then we kind of get let down with the actual booking. It happens a, a couple of times during this pay per view. Oh man, no! Come on. I mean, come on. You you can't. Well, we we gonna move on. We'll move on, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Um, after this, they cut to a small commercial break, and they had the WrestleMania vignettes back for the Hollywood WrestleMania that they did. What was that? Two thousand four. 2005. 2005. Yeah, so uh, Seth Rollins was cast as the Joker, which is kind of his role on Monday nights anyways. And he was doing his little dance on the stairs and his little laugh. And then Becky comes in as Batman. And it was bad, but it was good in a cheesy way. So I was glad to see those back. I hope they keep making more of them. Did you see the little trailer they dropped where they, they had like little snippets of every little vignette they filmed already? Nah, I didn't see that. Yeah, I had to send it to you. They they actually did show like a little thing like that. I don't remember where I saw it, but yeah, I sent it to you later. But yeah, I was sports okay. entertained by this uh, Joker, Seth, Becky stuff. Even cool. though you said that, that Becky kind of killed it with her Batman impression. Uh... It was hokey, but I mean, I was sports entertained. I'll yeah. put it that way. You know what you're going to get with them. They're all kind of hokey. Like how, you remember in the uh, You Talking to Me one, and they kept hitting Big Show with like the mic where the camera was out of shot? Hey, I died laughing as a six-year-old watching that, man. I mean, it was good. I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm just saying a little hokiness in there, but you know. Oh, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> Uh, following that, when they cut back in, we had a GSP shout-out, oh, legend of the sport, and Michael Cole chimed in on the uh, Ariel Helwani, Tony Khan beef, and I don't exactly, you know, I should have got the whole quote pulled up. I believe he said something about uh, the most unbiased journalist in the WWE or it's something like that. You got the full quote. I feel like you got a better memory than me. Um, I remember him saying the unbiased journalist himself, Ariel Hawani, and he always asks the tough questions, even when you don't want to answer them or something to that effect. That sounds right to me. So yeah, Michael Cole chimed in on the beef and apparently according to reports from Ariel Hawani himself, uh, they were high-fiving him backstage over his jesting with the AEW owner and GM. So, I don't know. We were, <laughs> we were talking about it um, off the show and talking about Tony Khan's got this important announcement tonight. What are the odds that he cuts a promo on Ariel Helwani? You think he mentions it at all? I think so. I think it eats at him. I really do. I think he can't stand it. Part of me just wants him to go full on 90s um, Monday Night Wars and just just address it. Just call it out. Hey, I'm, a little dig. I'm here for Give it. 
call, call out Triple H. Hey, oh, he can come out like uh, the Nation of Domination did. No. <laughs> With the giant With nose. Sensation. <laughs> yeah, do it like that. Do all the hard impressions too. Oh, well, I don't know about that too one. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> nah, um, but in all honesty, I mean, shoot, I don't know. That's the kind of stuff that I like. Some people get butthurt about it and, you know, oh, there's no war. And I'm not saying that there is, but I'm just saying, I don't, that's what makes wrestling fun to me that we haven't had in a long time is the little back and forth digs at each other because regardless of what you want to say, they are one and two in American wrestling. So I, I'm here for it. When it's one sided though, then it's not fun. But when the other company participates as well, then it's, it is entertaining. But if this is one way, then I, okay, who cares? Worry about your own company. But you know, when you're going back and forth like that, I'm here for that. Yeah. But anyways, we'll have to see what happens tonight. Um, following, that match, or not that match, the uh, segments, we had the Judgment Day, Finn and Rhea Ripley versus Edge and Beth Phoenix. And I'm not going to lie, I did not have just really high hopes for this match. I like Edge Rhea. Well, hometown. Well, not hometown, but close Home enough. Country. Home yeah, country. They were, singing, they were singing this song. And... I'm not going to lie, this was a really good match. And it wasn't too long, but it was it was pretty solid. If it wasn't for the men's chamber, it'd probably it was, be my was, match of the night. It was about 13 minutes. It was, it, it was, that was really good. Match of the night? If it wasn't for the men's chamber. I think the main event was good, too. <sighs> we'll get there. Anyways, <laughs> uh, one scoop for me, Beth Phoenix came out with the Bull Nakano tribute face paint. I thought that was cool. I mean, I I really don't know what the inspiration was or like why, because they weren't in Japan, but I thought it was neat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but beats me, man. I don't know. Uh, Dom was getting major heat. That was pretty cool to see. Yeah, and he wasn't even in the ring. That what were they screaming like, F you, Dominic? Yeah, and then he ran out. He ran to the backstage area and then came back. And they still were chanting it. When he, or when he came back, it was even louder. You still want to stand by Hook being your rookie of the year? Well, this is a new year. Oh, just saying, man. That, uh, that award is looking less and less relevant by the day, man. I, you still think that Hook is better than Dom? In the ring, yes. Oh, man. I think he just needs more time to showcase. I don't know. They don't give Hook any time anymore. When's the last time he was on Dynamite? It was him and Jungle Boy versus old Big Bill, and I think it was the uh, highest-rated segment of the whole show. So he's, I, to me, it's, he's a draw. It, but it, man, I got to turn the TV up every time he cuts a promo because I just don't hear him. It's like he whispers his whole. Is he on Soma's mic? I, I don't. Is that his gimmick? It's his is he, gimmick. Is he doing Xanax? I know that's 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 cool with the kids nowadays, but <laughs> I'm not. I'm not here. Yeah, I, I just. I don't. I don't like his. 
personality. Or lack thereof. Or lack thereof, yes. (laughs) It sounds like, I don't know, maybe a production issue. I'm sure they could turn him up more, but he's good in the ring, and I don't really love Dominic in the ring. They're like... They're good at the opposite thing. Dominic's <laughs> character work is solid, but hit him in the ring, you're kind of like, ooh. But then Hook's character work is like, ooh. But Hook in the ring, I'm like, okay. I don't think we've seen enough of Dominic in the ring to say that he's just, you know, rotten in the ring. I wouldn't say rotten. I'm just saying I'm not clamoring for it, I guess. If he has a match with Rey Mysterio, that would be one of the matches I'm looking forward to the most at WrestleMania. Yeah, okay, okay. I can see that. And it looks like that's the way they're going with how they, what they did on Raw, too. I hope so. And do you think that'll be Rey's last match? No, no. You don't think? I really doubt it. Nah. I mean, mean, if, if... He'll probably finish out his contract. I don't know how many years he has left. What else is he going to do, though? Oh, he can do something. Still Rey Mysterio. I mean, I know. I'm just saying it's a good bow on the career. Look up at the lights for your son at the biggest, the the granddaddy of them all. I'm trying to put him in a retirement home. He can still go. I know that. I'm just saying. Making him sound like he's Jericho, man. Ugh. Air fryer build. You know, <laughs> put him out to the pasture. Let <laughs> him out of here. I'm not clamoring for either of them. Anyways, you know, I was watching. <laughs> I'm watching 96. Jericho's always had that build. I don't know how to describe it. He's never been like just really toned. He's always had like a little gut. And I mean, I say that. I'm not, you know, Hulk he, Hogan. He got a little. He got a little, um, he got a little more toned in the early 2000s when he's on the gas. You can tell. <laughs> well, they all were back then, but wow, yeah, that's beside the point. Anyways, <laughs> um, to begin the match, Beth Phoenix and Rhea were they were hitting the crap out of each other, and I was a little, which I mean, I like this, but I wondered if it started. They started shooting for a minute. But they were hitting pretty hard. And I think she clocked Beth in the mouth one time because Beth started bleeding from her mouth. But I thought it was good. Beth can still go. Bring her back. She's not that old. What's she, like 36, 37? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, she retired really early. Well, a lot of the uh, women's wrestlers really don't stay. I mean, shoot, isn't Charlotte like one of the oldest ones to stay around now she's not even she's like 36 she might be older than beth i don't know beth is uh 42 i didn't think that she don't look 42 she was in she got inducted in the hall of fame what 2018 i think so yeah so what was she 37 when she got inducted to the hall of fame yeah and charlotte's 36 so think about that it feels like Charlotte's been around forever. Well, Beth, had, Beth, what came in with uh, around 2007? So if you think about it like that, but Beth only wrestled for what, four years in WWE, five maybe. No, she she didn't retire that early, did she? Yeah, cause she um, 
She wasn't around in 2013. I think her last year was 2012. You sure about that? I'm like 70% sure. <laughs> um, let's see. So... Yeah, she... Okay, you're right. She retired and left in 2012 due to creative frustrations. Yeah, because I remember like AJ Lee was all over that show in 2012, 2013, and I don't remember her and Beth ever having a rivalry. Hey, I wasn't complaining. <laughs> like AJ Lee? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> had like 10-year-old me in a stranglehold. Oh, Lord. She had a little something to that Brian and CM Punk rivalry. I'll give her that. It was it. It was interesting. It, I was sports I, entertained. I was too. Oh shoot. Anyways, when you put Kane, you put Kane in there, kind of long. Ah uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. <laughs> Following that, uh, we had a nice spot with Finn where he went from his corner, crawled under the ring, and as Beth went to tag in Edge, he came out on Edge's side and then he yanked Edge's legs out from under him. I just thought that was, it was out. neat. He came out. <laughs> well, I, when you put it like that. <laughs> nah, Finn's a nice guy. He's uh, married, I think. Well, you know, I just, I'm not a big Finn guy, so yeah, I guess that this was a solid match. It just A part of me kind of wanted Priest in this match. I, I know he was in the chamber later on, but man, they they booking Finn like he's the leader of Judgment Day. See, that's one of the things that I am kind of lost on this whole feud for because to me, Damien looks more like the leader and should be the leader, but I, I get why because it was like they turned on Edge to let Finn join and Finn is technically the veteran, but I just, uh, he's not good on the mic. He's got a good but, look, but. But Edge, the whole Judgment Day thing started with Priest. That was his first, his first recruit was, was Priest. Like he, he interfered at WrestleMania last year to uh, help Edge beat AJ Styles. So I figured it would you know, it would culminate with Edge versus Priest at this year's WrestleMania, but that's not what they're doing this year. They got Bland Finn Balor going against Edge after they've been feuding for nine months. Yeah. And we literally seen this match. How many times, Micah? How, how many times have these guys faced off against each other? Three times? Four? Mm, I think it's more than that. I don't know. Bro, I I don't care if Finn paints up his body to look like a demon. I don't care. I don't want to see Finn Balor. He's boring. He's bland. He's got a he's got a good physique, but he's like five ten. Edge should dog walk him every time they they face off against each other. And I don't even like Edge, but I like Finn Balor a heck of a lot less. It just it ain't working for me, brother. I don't know who it's working for. The AEW fanboys are like those little. Vanilla midgets. This probably works for them. No offense to you, AEW fanboys out there, but no offense to the little people. Yeah. Oh yeah, we love little people. <laughs> Anyways, you got a scoop for this one? Um, you know, Edge pulled off a suicide dive at what forty nine? That was pretty cool. God, is he forty nine? Gotta be. He's gotta be. 
I don't know. You you were pretty off of them with the numbers earlier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, him pulling off a suicide dive at almost 50 is pretty crazy to see. Edge is in, he's in peak physical condition to be almost a 50-year-old, you know? Yeah, he looks better now than he used to, in all honesty. I wish he still had the long hair, but yeah. He kind of he's kind of rocking the like crazy old woman hair right now. <laughs> you know the random curls everywhere, yeah. slightly balding on top. But I got I I like Edge. Don't get me wrong. He probably did it to get more acting roles because I'm pretty sure he does. Uh, you know a, a good amount of acting. I think that's why he wasn't uh, able to do that match they planned with um, Finn Balor at Hell in a Cell. Not Hell in a Cell. Royal Rumble. They planned on having a Hell in a Cell match at Royal Rumble. Hmm. Well. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't, what, Vikings or something like that? That and something else. I don't know, man. I don't watch Edge movies or yeah. TV shows. He was in Supernatural a little bit, wasn't he? And I actually like that show. Oh, see, I never. I've only seen clips. Dad always liked it and had it on, but uh, not my cup of tea. Last thing, last thing I had for this match was the FTR shout out with the big rig or whatever they called it, Shatter Machine, that Edge and Beth Phoenix hit. I thought that was a uh, a nice touch. Them and Dax are friends, so that was cool. You got any slams? FTR. FTR. You mean the revival? Oh God. You think they'll bring them back as the revival? They had to, right? That's what they were in WWE. I don't think they have to. Well, what would you call them? FTR. It still fits, technically, because of what FTR supposedly stands for. Well, WWE likes to own their... You know, they're copyrighted stuff. So I would see them bringing them back as the revival. Yes. I think, I think that's where they end up too, honestly. My counterpoint with that is, though, does it look more impressive if they come from AEW with AEW's name and moniker, or with their AEW name and moniker? And obviously I don't think they can take that song because they don't own it, but a new song... I don't know. I That's just my thinking. You know, people don't like to admit it, Micah, but quite frankly, they accomplished way more in WWE. How so? They're three-time tag champions on the main roster. They're the first two-time NXT tag champions. I, they just accomplished way more in WWE. What have they done in AEW, Micah? They were AEW tag champs, and... They were. Do you remember that rain? Do you remember? Well, that I wasn't watching them. Exactly. Nobody remembers it. They missed the boat on the Young Bucks match, the rubber match. They just—they haven't accomplished much in AEW, Michael. They were tag champs for New Japan, Ring of Honor, AAA, and I know, I know what you're gonna say. I know what you're gonna say. They—they don't mean anything. It wasn't that show, and I understand that. But they—they they did have three different belts at the same time, and were a marquee name on the card. I just—you can't say that they were treated as a big deal in AEW when they held other promotions' titles. 
That's like saying Dan Severn was treated as a big deal in WWE because he was NWA champion when he was with WWE. I mean, it's, who cares? He didn't do anything when he was there. I only agree with you because Dax agrees with you to a point. I don't like Dax, but... He said on his podcast that when he was talking to Tony about coming there, that Tony agreed with them that it would be 1A, 1B between them and the Young Bucks, and he said he felt like it hasn't been like that. And do you remember that episode of Dynamite? said that? Yeah, he said that. Jeez. (laughs) He, uh... (laughs) Well, hold on. You remember that episode of Dynamite where the Young Bucks came out there and they were the tag champs, and I think it was when they were confronting, who was it, Swerve and Keith Lee and maybe uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, somebody else, some other tag team. Okay. But do you remember when the FTR chants, like, drowned them out? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That, I bet you sent them, like, just crying backstage. But you got to put a lot of the blame on Tony Khan. If he wants them to do business, then they'll do business. So how much do we put blame on the Young Bucks? Should we put just as much blame, if not more, on Tony Khan? He's booking the show, Micah. Yes. I'm not saying that you're wrong. Another thing Dak said on the podcast was that the belief to him was that Going into All Out, they were going to do Young Bucks and FTR for all the belts because it made sense, but Tony has said that that was never the plan. So, what's the truth? How is that possible? Yeah, truth has to lie in the middle somewhere. Somebody didn't want to do business, and Tony Khan's too much of a spineless, gutless coward to make them do I know I'm cutting the promo (laughs) on Tony Khan here. Tell him how you really feel. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm really... The point is, Micah, FTR hasn't accomplished much in AEW as they accomplished in WWE. That's why I think they should keep the name Revival if they win, when they come back. It's going to happen. We shall see. The uh, the only slam I have for this match, anyways, we, man, we're bad on the tangents today. Yeah. Um, was there was a pin that Beth was supposed to break up and the ref had to cover for it and it was pretty rough. It was a a good second or two behind. Oh, yeah. It it looked amateur hour. If that was Aubrey Edwards, man, they would have cooked online. I would have had to... Man, I would have had to make an account on Twitter just to complain if it was Aubrey Edwards. (laughs) What was the fake name apparently she had? I don't know, man. I, I know she's getting, she's getting everybody's Twitter taken down because they were posting botches of AEW. I mean, oh well, man. I, the dark stuff, that one, I'm like, okay, they're usually either, un, well, not untrained. That's a bad term. Well, well, I mean, if the shoe fits. No, they're usually independent wrestlers who are there for reps. So, like, it's the same way with NXT botches to me, like, uh, but NXT is worse because it is on TV. Dark is on YouTube, so you just got you got to search that one out. It's not a lot of boxes on NXT. Well, anyways, but uh, you know, Dynamite, SmackDown, Raw, it don't bother me. 
But I'm not the one doing the moves either, so I guess I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned. My <laughs> scoop slam might be uh <laughs> Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Might have something cooking. We might be. Alright, alright. Anyways, following that the United States Championship match in an elimination chamber. Austin Theory, Seth Rollins, Damian Priest, Montez Ford, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed. Who, now, our chamber match predictions didn't get to air because of technical difficulties. Going into this, who did you want to win? Who did I want to win? Um, I thought Seth Rollins was going to win. And then I changed it last minute because I remember, oh my God, it's Black History Month. You know, man, we might get a token run for Montez here. But in the back of my mind, I always knew Deere was going to retain this. Yeah, I would have. I We were talking about it beforehand. I would have loved for Montez to get it. But I really just felt like Theory was going to retain because they've spent all this time repackaging him or whatever. And now Cena's coming back in a couple weeks to Raw. So we'll see where they go with that. But I think that's going to be the centerpiece for this one. He um he talked about Cena in his promo on Monday, too. Oh, I didn't even hear that. Not yeah. going to lie. <laughs> well, I'll let you start us off. What you got? Scoops for the men's rumble. And this was a perfectly booked. You say the men's rumble? I did men's say change. that. <laughs> <laughs> it threw me off for a sec. Uh, yeah, man, this is perfectly booked. Chamber match. It's probably the best chamber match since. They had a really good one in 2017 when Bray Wyatt won. I think it was just as good as that. Um, Bronson Reed looked like a beast throughout this whole match. They booked him really, really strong. And, yeah, he got eliminated first. But it took, like, four four people to, to, to eliminate him. He took a bunch of super kicks, like a couple finishers. They booked Bronson Reed uh, very strong. So that, that'll get a scoop, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And I think that we said that, that he should take a couple finishers. And to me, it makes the most sense for him to be eliminated first because he is the newest uh, compared to the rest of these guys. Because most of the guys in this have either been around for a while or um, have been treated a little better, maybe aside from Gargano. Is he, um, is he impressing you a lot, Bronson Reed? At first? You, you never, you've never seen him until he debuted, right? No, I didn't see any of his NXT stuff. At first, I thought, uh, but recently, the way they've been booking him, and even here, even though he ate a pin, it was strongly built, and I think that he's going to be a contender, you know, in maybe a couple months. I would like to see him get a mid-card run, and then maybe, uh a main event run, depending if they split the titles or not. I think he needs a mouthpiece, and in all honesty... If, he's not bad on the, on the mic, though. He he sounds, you know, he sounds like a legitimate threat when he talks. I, I don't think he's bad, no, but I don't know. To me, the big guys just fits with a manager. 
But I guess maybe but, it makes him different if he doesn't have one. Yeah, but is there any manager in the pipeline that you can think of right now? Maybe like, not the pipeline. Who do they have as managers right now in, on WWE television? MVP? Maybe not in the pipeline. But what about the bloodline? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You saying Heyman and Bronson Reed? Well, hear me out. Because okay. if the Cody thing happens at Mania, and as we're expecting, Cody's going to take that title off Roman. That's my prediction. Okay. What happens to the bloodline after? Do you think they're going to keep this group rolling around? How often is uh, Roman going to stick around? It's a great question. Maybe you get like a NWO, black and white, NWO Wolfpack type stuff with the bloodline. You know, you have a civil war with the bloodline. Maybe you can do that. Roman and Jay. And you finally have Jay beat Roman. I'm... I'm fine with that. Once they lose the titles, dissension within the group, have Heyman be like, uh, I'm getting out of here. You know, like, have him kind of stray away, maybe. Have Jay go over Roman at maybe SummerSlam. I would keep Roman away again until maybe Rumble, bring him back. God, don't let him win. But, you know, <laughs> keep him around the Mania picture. And then while Heyman's been gone, maybe you have him return to screw a, uh, I don't know, a conquering hero United States champion who beat Theory. Then you got Bronson Reed, almost about to lose to this conquering babyface United States champion, whoever that will be. Heyman comes out, screws him. Now you got Bronson Reed with Paul Heyman. It could work. It could work. I'm, I'm not against that. But, you know, Heyman doesn't have the best track record with managing mid-carders. That is true. Shout, shout out Cesaro and Curtis Axel. Curtis Axel. Curtis Axel. Right back. Oh. Admit you did it on purpose or admit oh. you're dumb. <laughs> I'm dumb. <laughs> that's, that's still a classic interview. That whole podcast is a classic. I'll put that on once a year. Listen to it. I usually do the same thing because it's it's so funny. It's so because he just cooks for like an hour and thirty minutes. I don't know where to randomly during Christmas. I, I I think I heard it and it just dropped and then nobody heard anything from CM Punk after that. He just disappeared from the public. Think we see it times two. You know, more and more days pass, and I'm starting to come around to he he's coming back. I think the same thing. You think that could be his important yeah. announcement tonight? No, you don't announce CM Punk coming back. He just shows up. That's what I was thinking, too. But I'm, I just want to throw that idea out there. Anyways, um, I thought this was a really good match overall, and yeah. one of my scoops was that Gargano and Seth had a really cool spot where they were beating up Theory in the pod. It was crazy. I thought you were going to bring up that Hurricane Rana spot. Oh, nah, I'll let you touch on that one. But um, I was talking about the, you know, where they kind of ganged up on him in the pod. I thought it was just neat and I don't know. I mean, even though Theory gets the absolute crap beat out of him every week, it is, I don't know. It's entertaining television, I'll say that. A whole roster got something against Theory. What did he do? He hit on Steph. Nah, we'll we'll get to that later. I think I know a prime candidate who did that. 
Yeah, so that was a big scoop from me. And I think you've got one more, like you just said, that Hurricane Rana. So I'll let you go ahead. Yeah, the Hurricane Rana, they were kind of blind when doing it. Because they both had their... Okay, so Gargano's crotch was in Seth's face. And Gargano was facing away from everybody. Well, I mean, it happened. It was there. (laughs) Um, And like the trust that Seth had with Gargano there crazy it took a hurricane around the spot and everybody caught him pretty much so no, nobody got hurt on the spot gargano kind of hit his head on the way down look look gnarly i thought he was gonna be busted open there um big scoop big hurricane rana probably the best spot of the night honestly yeah i think that was a good spot the montez thing was really cool too but I think the Hurricane Rana is a little more because the Montez spot is just kind of falling and you know those people are there. But the Hurricane Rana could go so badly very quickly if you do it wrong. And no, that does I take a lot of that. trust. I forgot about that Montez spot until you just brought it up. It was cool, but hasn't it been done before? It has, and it kind of was awkward because they were just waiting on them. Yeah. It's all looking up. But I mean, you know, a good performer, I can I can look past the hokiness. Sure, sure, but you know, suspend your disbelief there, and it was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, following that, I had one scoop left, and it's Montez again. I say it every time I see Montez. Big Montez, big Montez guy. Well, you know, I advocate for my guys, my Ricky Starks, my Hobbs, my my Montezes. You know, I mean. I just think that there's a lot of untapped potential there, and I think that they could do more with them. You just offer the culture, Micah. What can I say? What can I say? <laughs> nah, I mean, for real, though, but, like, I don't know. Hobbs and Starks were two of the most entertaining. They were one of the most entertaining tag teams to me, especially Starks on the mic. And then Hobbs is, like, one of the biggest dudes in the company, and a company that doesn't have a lot of big guys. Why would you not? you know, do something with that. And then I don't know. Montez is just a crazy athlete. And I think the street profits thing has lived its life and that's great. And it sucks for Dawkins, but you know, it's time to, uh, it's time to be looking for GCW and the NWA. I fear. Oh Lord. Mike, you just want to break up every tag team. Do you not want any tag teams to stand the test of time, like the Usos or uh, the? Dang, I guess every tag team does break up besides the Usos. Exactly. What a revival still there? Okay, but they just don't get treated like. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. What happens with every tag team? This happened with the Usos a couple years too. They, they're on top of the world, they're tag team champions, and then they kind of tread water for a little bit, and then that's it. And then randomly they'll have a resurgence and be champions again, and then boom, relegated back to mid-card tag teams. And I don't, I just don't know that the Street Profits are good enough to hold a feud that doesn't involve a title. Well, I think it's important to have tag teams that are tag teams for a long time. Like, you know, in the 80s they had... Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express, Legion of Doom. Uh, you, you know you know what I'm saying? Like they had tag teams that the last and that were main event acts that didn't break up, you know? 
I see your point, but again, my my thing is I can see the Legion of Doom and the Rock and Roll Express, or the Midnight, or uh, I mean I'm sure I'm forgetting. God, there's umpteen tag teams in, but they could hold a feud without the title. But I just don't know that I could see that being you know the Street Profits and Alpha Academy. Like that's not a feud I really care to see without a belt. I really don't care to see it with a belt. I'm about to say we saw it a lot. Well, we had one slam, and uh, I'll let you go ahead with it because you know you know my feelings. Yeah, I know you don't like Mr. Paul there, but I it didn't. This is like a half slam for me because I kind of predicted that this was going to happen, and it did happen. But after thirty minutes of this match being booked so well. And those guys working hard in the match, it did kind of feel like, uh, are we gonna get any like clean finish tonight? You know, I didn't even think about that. Was the only one in the the women's chamber and the Edge and Beth match? Well, I guess Pretty- there's only five matches on the card. <laughs> yeah, but when three of them is F finishes, I well. What are we doing here? Yeah, it just, I don't love Mr. Paul. And when you think about it, Seth could obviously see him there. So him trying to go for the curb stomp and getting hit with the buckshot was phony. And uh, can Theory get a decent win on somebody without cheating? I mean, hold your pause, ladies and gentlemen. It'll be on Raw. But still, uh, that's just how it left me feeling. Ugh. Yeah, heck of a bookshot lariat though. I it rivals Mister Page on the other channel. I think that's his finish now, isn't it? I'm he pretty sure it. it is. Yeah, he does it every time. I'm fine with it. He definitely does it better than old Punk, and that's coming from a Punk diehard. And Page. Well, that ain't hard. <laughs> Maybe I'm a little biased. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good match, though. Overall, good match. Yeah. Speaking of uh finishes, pause. Oh. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn for the WWE. Let me ask you this real quick before I butcher this: How the crap do they announce this belt? Because I swear I hear it different every time. Is it WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship? Or is it Universal WWE Championship or Universal WWE Heavyweight Championship? Is there a clear, like, defined? It's either one or three that you just named. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember them saying uh, the second one you said, but, yeah, it, the WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion of the World. Yeah. I think. Like I he think. said. I think. <laughs> I'm not sure. We're going to have to... Do some hard homework on that. I'm gonna have to look that up. I don't. I don't know. Undefined. Just, to me. Call, just call him the undisputed champion. Jesus. Yeah, for the undisputed championship. <laughs> so to start us off with the scoops, um, when Sammy came out, also he got the championship entrance, was I, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. You almost could not hear his theme song. Because they were so loud in Canada. That's why I love the overseas show. Well, I know they're not overseas, but 
the the shows the in a different country. Yeah, good good word, good verbiage. Uh, they're always like just super hyped because they don't get shows all the time. So my yeah. voice is going out for some reason. Um, but I thought it was a nice touch, and it's obviously Sammy's hometown. You know, um, there's a lot of signs too. Did you notice that? A lot of signs. I thought about that as well. Hey, again, I, I'm rocking with it. I like that. They should. We should have that more often. I know we don't have that a lot nowadays. Like, remember that show we went to for Raw? That Raw show? There was what two signs? Three, maybe. Something like that. Well, yeah, oh signs. It goes back to the philosophy that you can't hold your phone and a sign at the same time. I guess. Which I hate, we're, but we're, pro- we're part of the problem. We planned on making signs. We didn't do anything. Yeah. And man, we were on camera side too, and I still didn't make it. Bro, we had a John Cena mask, and they didn't even show us on camera. (laughs) Yeah. What was it? Do your best John Cena impression, and then had a John Cena mask, and we're doing the whole thing. Not me or you, but, you know, the group. Yeah, we had a buddy with us that did that. We didn't get showed on camera. Yeah. Shout out Nate, though. Yeah, shout out. Even though he don't listen because he's fake. But <laughs> anyways, what you got? Scoops for Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn. You just going to bury Nate like that? Going to move on? Yeah. <laughs> nah, because, you know, I'm going to cook real quick. Because he was like, oh, yeah, I've actually been listening to this wrestling podcast recently. And I was like, oh, the Scoop Slam podcast? Oh, no, it's like the the mustache bros. Respect to those guys, because I actually do watch their stuff on TikTok, and they're really good. But come on, man. What What's that about? Yeah, get, give us give us some love when you can. You know, share us on um, social media. Quote us on the daily. You can buy a poster. We might have merch yeah. soon. Yeah, put it on your wall. Scoop slam. Yeah. Man, let's get back, get, get back to the match. Um, Roman, his, his trash talk was... Uh, on another level during this whole match. Yeah, especially him dogging Sammy's wife. I I enjoyed that. And they've been doing it more recently, and I think it's the Triple H effect, but some of the stuff he does throughout the show, like the talking without the mic makes it feel more real. The backstage segments, like, weaving from person to person i guess feels more you know what i'm talking about like they don't hi i'm then, here with you know it transitions well and you you see stuff happening in the background too so you know i think it's a positive triple h effect on roman, the problem talk roman talked so much trash he lost his voice in the match i don't know if you noticed that it was loud in there so i don't doubt it Bro, did he get more heat than uh, Cena did during that Cena-CM Punk match in Chicago? No. Did he get louder boos? Who, who got louder boos there? I think Roman did, honestly. Because Cena, Cena did have a couple fans. I remember hearing Let's Go Cena chants in that match. I think Roman got more heat than Cena, but Punk got more ovation in Chicago. I don't know. It's close. It's close. I've I seen some videos on Twitter, and personally, when Punk gets the three and then 
he wins and he does, you know, the little poses and then they call out Del Rio and Del Rio uh, gets kicked in the head and then he runs. Dude, they go berserk. Okay, but can you imagine if they did like a dusty finish and Sammy actually pinned Roman? Oh, it the bro, roof might have blown off oh, that man. place. Bro, they would have still been celebrating in Montreal. <laughs> I've seen some clips oh, yeah. that uh, something, I think it was from like a hockey game or something, and they were pissed out there in the streets like yelling and throwing stuff and everybody was like, Nah, this them when they lost, uh, or when Sammy lost, and I was like, man, y'all get out of here. They don't care about it that much. <laughs> and they were they were invested. Yeah, uh, they were they were there. Oh uh, what? Nah, <laughs> I'm teasing. Oh yeah, give the Montreal crowd some credit. We we like our uh, Canucks. Like I said, we got a Canadian audience up there. They're there. They're there. Well, speaking of, uh, Paul Heyman took a bump, and I'll applaud him anytime he does that because they always look absolutely horrible but so glorious at the same time. That stunner was so bad, but it's so funny to see Paul Heyman take bumps. Like when he took that F5 at SummerSlam. That was great. It's, I don't know, it's entertaining. I was sports entertained. He doesn't take many, but when he does, I'm always here for it. Makes it feel more special when they actually he actually gets come up with, you know? Yeah. What else you got for this one? Uh you know, the entr- the entrances but you kinda touched on that earlier. But yeah, Roman got major heat. Big scoop. Uh uh do I have any more scoops for this match? Go ahead and hit me with the double stack. I think you got one more on there. I like that KO came out and saved the day, you know, at the aftermath. And he didn't just come out during the match to help Sammy because he's still a little ticked off at Sammy for costing him at uh, Royal Rumble. Not Royal Rumble, but um, what was that, War Games? He's still a little ticked off at that. So he didn't just forgive Sammy out of nowhere. So I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. A little bit of it was that Royal Rumble. I mean, even though Sammy didn't necessarily do anything to hurt him, he didn't do anything he did, to he, stop it either. Wait a He did hit Roman with a chair. I mean, well, yeah, I guess that does kind of fall <laughs> under the realm of stopping it. Yeah, but he waited a while. Like, KO had already gotten the uh, whole hip attack in the corner. Yeah. He waited for KO to be almost executed before he saved him. Yeah. Well, uh, as much as a good match overall, yeah, I'll give you that. The match was okay. The ending really sucked. (laughs) It just wasn't my favorite, and I think it was kind of anticlimactic in Sammy's hometown. I still am gonna have to see how they go away from this, but. I'll go ahead with the first scoop, the ref bump. And then they did another ref bump. I didn't really like it. One, it's overplayed to do it twice in the same match. Second, it's the same thing that happened at, uh, the Rumble. Rumble. Yeah. And I just, I don't think, I think they could have done something else. I don't like that. 
Heyman could have distracted the ref or something. I don't know. It that just it lost me, and especially I'm gonna go ahead and hit you with the double stack. The oh, yeah. first ref got out there way too fast, like almost the instant. Um, was it Jay ran in there? No, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. One of them. Anyways, the ref got out there in like 20 seconds. And then the second ref took like five minutes to come out there. So it just takes my disbelief out. You know, it, it maybe, takes it, beats it up, and throws it out the window. Maybe they realized they were running alone, so they had to speed up that and let the ref go ahead and just run out there. Because the match was 30 minutes. Like, I don't know if you, you knew that. No, I didn't. It didn't feel yeah. like it. Four minutes were just them staring at each other. They just looked at each other, and the crowd was going nuts. That's true. What do you think? I mean, are they timed on the Peacock stuff? Probably not, but you don't want to go... You really want to go three and a half hours on a five-match card? No, but I mean, I, I mean, an extra five minutes, dang. I don't know. You know, they cut to... They cut to Sammy's wife a little too much for my liking. That's a big slam. Bro, yeah. it's like every shot, they... All right, let's get Sammy's wife's interaction. I just... Come on, man. We don't need... Just put a... Put a simulcast her reaction then on the screen if you want to show her so much <laughs> like jesus come on man it didn't bother me at first but like you said once they do it every oh my god roman punches him cut to sammy's <laughs> wife punch again <laughs> cut to sammy's wife i was like all right go on yeah but uh, you know i see your point all in all uh i think that the match was good the ending was clunky and the main the main issue for me and they tried to cover for it on raw big slam right here ko comes out after the fact why yeah why like sammy got pinned and then 30 seconds later like where were you what he just he didn't want him to win the title but okay I'm going to go ahead and say this on here because, I mean, you know, we're going to get Raw in a second. That's what opened up Raw. Um, Why, if his whole goal is to take down the bloodline, that's what KO says on Raw. Yeah. Would you still not help Sammy get the title off of him? Because even though it's putting the title on Sammy, you're still taking down the bloodline. But... In KO's mind, he wants to win the title. He doesn't want to see Sammy win the title because Sammy didn't help him during his whole title title crusade against the bloodline. Sam, Sammy only helped him that one time with that chair shot. So why, why would I help you win the title? I guess. I, I think they had to cover for that because it didn't make sense. And I don't... I don't know. Well... Bro, they haven't made up yet. Yeah, and I like that. Well, he's not gonna help them if they haven't made up. But they Roman's help. like the biggest heel in the whole thing. Why would you not? I don't know. I mean, it's like, yeah, that sucks. But yeah, this would be better than that. A good thing outweighs the bad thing. You know what I'm saying? 
yes, I, I get that, but it, we're, we're nitpicking. We're nitpicking. It's, in my opinion, it was done the right way. If I'm KO, I'm not helping you win this title after you purposely didn't help me throughout this whole entire thing. Why would I give you, why would I throw you a bone? I'm not going to do that. Forget you. I'm still mad at you. I see the point, but I don't agree with it. That's the best way <sighs> I can describe it. I get it. I get it. But that probably was a hard, like, how do you, how do you book that? Cause you know, you know, Sammy can't beat Roman. Do you yeah. go to dusty finish or do you, do you do what they did here? I mean, there's really no right or wrong thing to do. Well, there's a wrong thing to do. The wrong thing would have had Sammy beat Roman, but you couldn't yes. do that. You couldn't do that. So where, where could you go with this that you would have been satisfied with the, with the booking? Um, you see my point? There's really, what else can you do? Well, this is what personally, I don't know because this doesn't, I mean, this doesn't necessarily make a hundred percent sense either. Have Jay come out there and, uh, you know, have him try and distract Sammy while Roman's down, duck the chair shot, hit him, you know, with the big boot with the chair out goes Jay. Uh, Roman comes from behind, Superman punch, gets a chair, Jay comes out. Or no, I'm sorry, I got those two names confused. Let Jay, <laughs> let Jimmy, good night, man. <laughs> too many Jays. Let Jimmy come out first. Jimmy eats the big boot from Sammy with the chair, so then, boom, Jimmy's out of the picture. Uh, Roman hits Sammy with a Superman punch, Roman grabs a chair, or Heyman grabs a chair for Roman. Roman's about to hit him with a chair. Jay comes down. Jay stops it. Jay has the conflicted feeling on his face. Sammy low blows Roman from behind. Jay clocks Sammy in the head with a chair. Jay's conflicted, but he still has to lean towards his family and then have him be real conflicted, but he puts Roman on Sammy. One, two, three. Jay helps Roman, but Jay walks out really conflicted. Then you set up down the road for Jay and Jimmy versus Kevin and Sammy because as Jay's walking out, KO's music hits. He clocks Jay, whatever. I just think that maybe would have been better, but at the same time, I know they're building the narrative between Jay and Sammy liking each other. I don't know. That's personally how I would have done it. But Sammy speared Jay, didn't he? Yeah. He speared him. Yeah, so what did Jay come out there for exactly? He really didn't do anything when he got in the ring. I think he was going to help, but he's still conflicted. He's conflicted. He He's so conflicted, he flew all the way there, jumped in the ring, <laughs> and, just, and just stood there. Well, when you put it I, like that. Hey, you should have made up your mind for you. Before you hit the ring, son, you know? Well, uh, you know, sometimes you, you play then, up the, uh, you play it up in your mind and then you get there and you're like, oh man. And then you get stage fright. What, what the heck was that? <laughs> Anyways, uh, overall, 
What do you rate Elimination Chamber? It was a it was a good pay per view. Probably not the best of the year. Cause I, I I think I put Rumble a little bit ahead of that, but and that was a good little B pay per view. I gave it about seven point eight, seven point nine. Uh, I agree. It was an okay pay per view. Um, I liked the chamber matches all in all. I'm gonna go seven point three. I don't think it was the best WWE pay per view at the time. But I think overall, a solid pay-per-view. The matches were good. I didn't really care for the finish of the men's chamber or the Roman match or uh, Bobby and Brock. But, I mean, it was okay. I, I was enjoying the three hours watching it. I, I'll put it that way. Alright, so next up we had the February 20th, 2023 edition of Monday Night Raw. We opened it up with Sami Zayn. Good uh, choice there. Because they're still in Canada. And so he comes out talking a little bit about what happened. And he calls out Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens comes out. They kind of explain their issues and this, that, and the other. Um, Scoops. I like how they tried to fix... It. Well, I say fix. I don't know. I think <laughs> that it helped, uh, I guess, make some of it make more sense. Because at face value, at the Elimination Chamber, I was kind of like, uh. But I do like that he's not just... Oh, buddy, buddy with Sammy again. Because what did you call that last week? Like dumb baby face syndrome. Because that's kind of what yeah. that is to me. Yeah, um, they've been through, they've been through a lot of. They turned on each other a lot, man. Yeah, it, even if uh, or even if you didn't include all the WWE stuff, I mean, shoot, how many times was it in Ring of Honor? Jeez, yeah. Whoa, whoa, that was El Generico. Was Sammy? Oh, oh yeah. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Um, I thought the finishing statement from KO was nice, and the way that he wrapped up the promo was good. Um, he basically just said, you know, you... I, <laughs> I can't remember what he said. He, he's basically saying he didn't want... His family was there, Sammy's family was there, and he didn't want them to see him get beat up or something to that effect and he couldn't stand for it. Yeah. And basically what, what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I completely blanked right there. That's <sighs> okay, man. It was a mixed bag show. I can understand why you would forget that. Yeah. Um, the only slam that I had, that was all the scoops you had, right? Yeah, that was pretty much it. All right. Uh, he, and I mean, he did it on SmackDown, and they did it at the match, too. My God. I just wanted him to talk. He took, like, eight minutes of the show just standing there. And I get it to a point, but, oh, oh my man. God. I don't know. He's taking in the ovation, Micah. What's wrong with that? 
Cause it's a three hour show. <laughs> they already drag it out enough, dang. It's countrymen. They're 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 proud to see them. Well, I'm sorry to our Canadian audience, but shut up next time and let them talk. Oh, man, come on. <laughs> <sighs> well, Corbin had the same thought because he was sick and tired of hearing Sammy. Yeah, I wish he would have came out and did that while he was waiting to speak. Oh, no. <laughs> Anyways, like you said, following that, Sammy and Corbin, because Corbin blindsided Sammy on the way back into the locker room. Um... The only scoop I had was it was a decent little match. I mean, it was there. There wasn't like a ton. Wasn't much. Yeah, that's the that's the theme of this Raw. It was there, and there wasn't much. There was a yeah. couple things that, I mean, were good segments. The matches, though. Ooh. A lot of short matches. Yeah. And we kind of had the same slam, so I'll, I'll let you go ahead. Bro, just pack up Corbin's bags already. He should be, when they have their little spring cleaning after WrestleMania, they usually have releases. Corbin's name should be at the top of that list. I don't want to I don't want to see this man anymore after WrestleMania. It's over. Get him out of here. I just don't see what he has to the product anymore. Nothing. He's just there. He's he, boring. He has a terrible physique. He, he sounds monotone. He doesn't have any gimmick or character work and when he they do give him something to work with he doesn't make it work the jbl thing was a that was a miss that was probably one of the biggest misses triple h has had during his his regime his reign and now corbin is just treading water get beat up by every top baby face every week now there's no reason to have him here at this point collecting a paycheck collecting a paycheck or we running make a wish michael get him out of here I don't want to see him anymore. Yeah, I just don't think... What are you going to give him? The lone wolf thing sucked to me. I never him, liked it. You give him a severance package. That's what you <laughs> Get him out of here. I think he hit on Stephanie. I think that's what it was. Bro, he cut Triple H off in traffic. It had, it had to be that. Something. Stepped on his shoes. Didn't oh. like, ate his lunch that was left in the break room fridge. <laughs> I don't know. Well, speaking of people that we don't want to pack their bags, Rhea Ripley was backstage. Oh, man, I should segue to it with people we do want to pack their bags. Byron Saxton. Oh, Come on now. I like <laughs> I can't. I can't rock with him. Bro, Byron is infinitely more talented than that goof they got as the play-by-play -play commentator, Kevin Patrick. Get him out of here. Pack his bag. He should go with Corbin. He's terrible. You know what? I'm going I'm to skip ahead here. This is one of my slips. Kevin Patrick sucks. He doesn't call any moves. He's just there. And most of the time, he's not even, he doesn't, he's not even a good play-by-play -play commentator. Corey Grace has to call majority of the matches because he just sits there and just moans randomly like, oh, man, oh. These guys are really hurting. He's he's Tony Schiavone. That's I was what about to say that. He's Tony Schiavone. That's what he get Kevin Patrick out of here. God, what do they call Bring it? Bring the show. The the like anti dream team is like current day Jr. Tony Schiavone oh. and Kevin Patrick all in the same announce table. Bro, I would rather listen to the Spanish announce team at that point. 
nightmare rotation. Um, he sucks. <laughs> Kevin sucks. I agree. We already talked about it. I'll, I don't even like Corey Graves, so it's saying something if I like Corey Graves more than you, but boy. Uh, the Rhea segment was good. Uh, I thought it was a solid promo. There's not a whole lot of like substance here. Really, that's the whole show. But, I mean, I'm yeah. excited to see her and Charlotte's face off on SmackDown, and I'm excited to see this feud going into WrestleMania. Yeah, I thought Dom and Rhea, they worked really well together. Big scoop. Big scoop. It's always Big a scoop. scoop to see Rhea. Slam for the brand split, because I don't think we have that anymore. Uh, I know I need it, though. <laughs> I don't like to see all the guys on the same show because then the 18 titles makes them feel, eh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But get both belts off Cody once he wins them. Dang. Respectfully. Already, already won the drop the title. Yet. No, I just don't like two belts because then now, okay, because Cody's going to be the champion on Raw now. And so what is that going to give the SmackDown guys? Nothing. They're going to have the Intercontinental Championship, and Gunther don't need to drop it anytime soon. You see, I like the one title thing. That way they can float back and forth between brands. When's the last but time Roman got... was on Raw? Raw 30. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, but that, okay, that don't count. <laughs> oh, that don't count. But it's just, I don't know. I I like one champion. That, that way... You know, it just gives more spotlight to the main event feuds when it's just one champion. See, I feel the other way because then you can have two champions and have them. But then you got people like Dolph Ziggler holding the title. I don't oh, well, hold, well, hold on now. I'm not fixing to just take that slander laying down. <laughs> you don't think Dolph Ziggler was world champion material? You saying he was a bigger deal than who, who was the champ at that time? Uh, the Rock or John Cena? <laughs> okay, that's okay. Come on now, that's a little unfair comparison. But then you got guys like Jack Swagger holding the title and Alberto Del Rio, Sheamus. Uh, come on, man. It's just when there's one champion, there's one definitive guy in the company. They have. A... And then I'll let you go. Go ahead. No, I'll let I'll you go, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah, this you. <laughs> they have multiple guys that could be world champions right now. Sorry, that's my dog barking at air. Um, Gunther is world championship material. We, you shouldn't give everybody on the roster a world champion championship title reign. Not, not everybody's meant to be world champion. It makes it more special when hardly anybody is world champion. In the, the 90s, Micah, if, can you imagine if they had two world titles in the 90s? Guys like Doink the Clown probably would have won championships. Oh, God. No. Bro, it would have it happened. Just when you have two champions, it it waters it, waters it down, in my opinion. I mean, why can't you just have the IC and the U.S. title be the main event title of the respective brands when the world champion isn't on that show? You could do that. Because then They've it been feels doing that. weird. But then you're, you're doing that right now. Theory's pretty much treated as the top champion on Raw. But he's main event shows against Edge, doesn't he? Isn't that better? It puts a, a, a bigger spotlight on those champions. 
when you got two world champions, what the heck is the point of the mid card champion at that point? The, it's a it's a launching pad to the world title. Which one? <laughs> Both. I just I don't I don't know. It just I never liked that. See, it's more what I grew up with was the hard brand split that if you were on your show, you stayed on your show. I mean, look at like the early two thousands, and they had you know Eddie was one champ and Chris Benoit was the other champ, or I don't know Triple H was one champ and Batista. Like, I, both guys yeah, I, felt like big deals. I grew up on that too, but in the end, Michael, you get you get people like Alberto Del Rio having the opening match on WrestleMania with the world champion. That, I mean, that happened. Yeah. Like, he was supposed to be your second champion. And then you had Edge and Alberto Del Rio as the opening match. That's what that's what happens when you got two world champions. When everybody's world champion, nobody's world champion. How can you be the world champion if you have another world champion, you know? Well, because you got the world heavyweight champion, and then you got the champion of the WWE. Well, you got the universal champion. Champion of the universe. <laughs> God, I hate that name. Anyways, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> Speaking of, you you and your slanderous ways, my man Dolph Ziggler was up next. It wasn't very long, but he was up next. He did. Um... Yeah, the match was okay. Uh, you had a slam. Ali won, but you had a slam. Bro, you give these guys four minutes on a three-hour wrestling program. That was a what? trend. I guess, but what is Ziggler there for now? Get him out of here too. I know you like. I know you like Dolph, but he's a dead dog at this point, Michael. We got a face bag. No, he's a dead dirty dog. dog. <laughs> Listen, hey, bring back Bobby Roode. Maybe, maybe that'd be something he can do. I think he had neck surgery, so I think he's on the shelf. But okay, no, when well. they bring back Bobby, they better bring him back with the glorious theme. Oh, well, that's a given. They already gave Sammy his theme back, and got to give Bobby his theme back too. And give him the glorious gimmick. I bet you he'd get over. Well, we already got L.A. Knight. We don't need Bobby Roode too. Speaking of, where has he been? Is he in the witness protection program? Is he on AEW? <laughs> He cut a promo last Friday. He said he was done with the Mountain Dew BS. You didn't, you didn't see that? No, I didn't see that at all. <laughs> yeah, that was a promo. He cut a cut a backstage promo. They were trying to ask him about the Mountain Dew pitch black match. And he said, I don't want to talk about that anymore. And then he just basically said he's done with the old Bray Wyatt stuff. But yeah, Are you sure? We reviewed SmackDown. I am positive that happened. I didn't see it. I swear that either that happened the last SmackDown or the SmackDown before. It happened though. Well, Cody Rhodes followed this, um, and he was just about to ask his uh, trademark line, which I hate. But uh, so, uh, what do you guys want to talk about? And uh, Paul Heyman interrupted him, pulling an AEW and. Cody didn't even hardly get two words out. And the whole promo was him on the screen, which some people didn't like. I don't necessarily mind it, but it definitely felt... I, to me, it made me think of MJF and how some of his promos have been where he's just on the screen the whole time. But, uh... They did that a lot in the, 
they did that a lot in the nineties with the when they first got Titan Tron. That's true, yeah. That was how the whole uh Intercontinental title off the bridge segment was. <laughs> yeah. Hear me out. Go ahead. Paul Heyman versus Brandy Rhodes at WrestleMania. Come on, man. Come on. Come on, man. What are we I'd I'd be sports entertained. Do you really think she's gonna appear on screen? <laughs> I kinda hope. I think she's gonna come out with him for his entrance. I think he's gonna have the whole <laughs> the whole team with him. Remember how he had oh, his, no. during his big match? I swear I think that's what they're gonna do. <laughs> he's gonna come out with DDP and uh QT Marshall's gonna be there. And <laughs> Arn Anderson. Probably probably not QT. Hey man, they can they can land Arn out for one night, can't they? I don't know. We'll see. I think his contract's up soon. I mean, is he still there? He's collecting a check. He ain't missed no well, checks. His son's there. Oh, Brock Anderson. <laughs> well, I, it was a good, a good segment. Yeah. Well, we Agreed. can agree on that. Yeah. That was your scoop. Um, Now, I do have... I don't know why I put this in the scoop section. I meant to put it in the slam section, but yeah, what we got? I got a double stack on the slams because you didn't have any, wow. but I got two. Okay. This wasn't bad. I really just felt like this was the weakest of the Cody segments. Am I right in that thought? Yeah, you could say that. Okay. It, it really wasn't bad. It just, I don't know. Like Heyman said some stuff, and then Cody said the same stuff from the past three weeks. I'm gonna finish my story roman you know the whole segment and that was it hey hold up now that song i like that song but cody didn't really say a lot Heyman just kind of cooked him for five minutes and he just kind of sat there saying at the end he was just like oh well uh yeah i'm gonna finish my story okay and then he just went on Definitely the weakest of the return Cody stuff ever since January. Definitely the weakest. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that bothered me was oh. Heyman was like, you're going to be on the road 200 days a year. You're going to defend your belt 50 days a year or whatever. You're going to make appearances and that's going to leave you like 50 days at home with your wife. How many days Roman showed up? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up. Time out. He said that you don't have a Paul Heyman to negotiate for you. So he did say that Roman doesn't work that schedule because he has Paul Heyman negotiating his deal. I didn't catch that. Not going to lie. I didn't put those two together. I mean, you know... He's not in Tribal Chief. He's not going to get the Tribal Chief schedule. Tribal Chief doesn't make every town. He makes the towns that matters. That's why he didn't come to see us home in Birmingham. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> Maybe well, you're right. I mean, have, you remember how bad Birmingham was. Right? Oh, God. <laughs> you, you're the Tribal Chief. You go into that sketchy gas station we almost went to. <laughs> Look, man. It You guys had to pee. And just because the windows had bars on them don't mean that it's a sketchy gas station. 
Jesus, my God, I wanted to be. I didn't want to get robbed and sex trafficked. <laughs> uh, well, it sounds like Tuscaloosa might be the city you don't want to go to, but we won't get too far into that one. Uh, oh, was, that your last slam? was that your last slam, bro? Yeah, that was it for that segment. Uh, All right. All right. Uh, well, we're fixing to skim through some of this because there were a whole lot after this. Um, Oscar and Nikki Cross. I'm not going to lie. I cannot stand Nikki Cross, but you had some stuff, and I didn't watch it. You know, I actually did watch this match. Um, It happened. The, the slams I have are just Kevin Patrick sucks at his job. And Valid. And a slam that Nikki Cross kicked out of an avalanche DDT, Micah. I don't, I don't know if our viewers at home, or our viewers, our listeners at home know what I'm talking about here, but Oscar was on the second rope with Nikki. And she hit a DDT from the second rope. That should have been it. That should have been it, right? Any other era of wrestling, that would have been the end. But no, kick out of that. And they just keep on going five more minutes after that. Stone Terrible. Cold Steve Croston. Oh, well, I see. You. Okay. All right. All right. You picking up what I'm putting down? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like it. That's good. <laughs> but yeah, man. They only had two slams, didn't have no scoops. This match happened. Uh, also, I wanted to point out that the ending, I don't know if you watched this match, Michael, but the ending where Bianca came in the ring, just held up her title, and Asuka just kind of dripped uh, green goo out of her mouth. No, I didn't see that one. Yep, that happened. Um, I don't know where they're going with this storyline. I'm not going to say I'm intrigued a lot by it. But, um, yeah, we're not off to a good start with that. I seen something on Twitter about it that she used to do blood in Japan, but, uh, you know, they're not going to let her do that on WWE. So, I don't know. Like you said, I guess I'll, I'm here for the ride, whether I like it or not. Yeah. I'm ready to get out, though. <laughs> Speaking of uh, not liking it, Seth was in the back after this, and... I hate this version of Seth so bad. He started doing that laugh and that talk and cadence. No, no, no. no. He started just dancing randomly backstage. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that. They panned the camera and he's just back there interpretive dancing. Come on, man. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that happens. How do you yeah. explain that to a non-wrestling fan? He's on LSD. That's the only thing you can say. Yep. That's the only way you can explain it. Uh, MVP was in the back after this, and you know we uh, talked about it on the Elimination Chamber one. He kind of it felt like he was speaking for Bobby to me, which I thought, okay, well, are we gonna get the official, you know, like reuniting? But. They didn't ever say that, and then they set up Omos versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, and Brock's going to answer the challenge next week on Raw. I don't want to see it. What if he just says no? (laughs) He should. I don't want to see it. I don't know, man. It was odd. came out of nowhere. It just, uh, not for me. Not for me. I think Brock could be doing better than Omos at WrestleMania. 
Hopefully it does. Maybe it's just a red herring and we swerve to something else. Because I don't know what they're doing with Bobby either. It doesn't seem like he's done with Brock. Yeah, that was weird. And, I mean, we'll get on that. Well, we'll go ahead and talk about it. We can just skip it then when we get to it later. But uh, he beats up Elias and then calls out Bray, uh, kind of. But it was kind of weird. He mentioned Bray. He mentioned Brock. He beat up Elias, which I'm all for. Get him, you know what? Get him out of here too. Put him on the chopping block with Kevin Patrick and Baron. But yeah, I don't know where they're going. I'm still intrigued about how they're gonna get out of this, or where they're going with this. But um, yeah, do not want to see Omos versus Brock at all. Mm-mm. Um, other things I didn't want to see. Boy, this the middle part of this show sucked. Uh, Miz and Seth. I thought Miz was good. And the backstage promo, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what was in that note, but, I mean... We'll eh. find out next week. He's an unbiased journalist, Michael. He'll ah, break the news. Better than old yeah. Ariel Helwani. <laughs> uh, you did have one thing about this match that you thought was good, so, uh, you want to hit on that real quick? Sure, sure. Um, scoop for the knockout finish. It kind of added a little edge to Seth Rollins. And you don't really see a knockout finish very often in any company, really. But, yeah, they just kind of uh, awarded him the match after he curbed something three times in a row. Yeah, it was it was inventive. Before you said that, I skipped the whole thing, but I went back and watched oh, it, and it was all right. It's probably the second best match in the show. Boy, that's something, ain't it? <laughs> Hey, I like Miz. <laughs> Miz is okay. You know, I, Seth, I'm I riding, love, I'm riding but... with my man. I'm riding with my man, Miz, man. <laughs> I'll let you keep riding with him. I'm hopping <laughs> off, though. Uh, ding Dong Hello followed. Uh, and I, Ding Dong goodbye This yeah. was horrible. From the jump, like, what? Bailey's only insult is idiots. And that makes me feel like she's five years old. And this whole thing's rotten. Becky, even. like, I, And I like Becky, but ugh. She came out and was like, those belts have cobwebs on them. Spiders, even. They've got dust. Like, oh, my God. She said, like, 18 different metaphors to describe the fact that Damage Control hadn't defended the belts in forever. Rotten. 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 Yeah, you know how I feel about Bailey and damage control as a whole. Uh, this did not work for me. Bailey tries too hard to be like Seth Rollins. It feels like I don't know. I don't know. Just it's not for me. She laughs at every other word she says. Calls me idiots, like you said. And then the ending to this whole segment. Do you, do you remember what happened, Micah? Yeah, I skimmed through it. Okay, so the ending. Becky and Lita just kind of snatched the belts, the titles away from damage control and they just kind of held it up and they just let that ride like nothing no consequences for that they just they just kind of stare at them and look at them like bro if that's my title you getting a beat down as soon as you take that i mean they got the advantage the only well the only justification is uh decoder is on a uh <laughs> where'd that go bro <laughs> no, i seen i seen this clip from uh, New Legacy Inc., I think it is, from TikTok, and they had this stream um, 
and I think Adam Cole is one of them. But I, it's a bunch of guys. They they were playing old uh, wrestling games for uh, a donation stream, and like I said, I think there's a couple wrestlers that were on it, and I think one of them's Adam Cole, and <laughs> they were playing. I think like WWF No Mercy or whatever, and they were all doing Stone Cold impressions. <laughs> so one of them calls Dakota Kai and she was like, hi, who is this? And one of them was like, stone cold. And then <laughs> she was like, what? And they all like, it's like eight different people started chiming in with the stone cold impressions. And they all called her instead of Dakota, it was Dakota. Cause that's how, you know, stone cold would pronounce her name. It's a really funny clip. And I ended up watching like their whole hour and a half stream that's on YouTube. So it's uh it's new legacy inc so go check them out on youtube it was funny but where was i going yeah. with this again <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about uh the, the aftermath of when they stole the titles and they just kind of held it up and then they did nothing about that and dakota is injured so she can't really do anything yeah she's on a crutch so i think it was 2v2 so i don't know that they have the numbers advantage but where she got a crutch you can hit her <laughs> Yeah, but what if she falls while she hits her with a crutch? Unnecessary sacrifice. <laughs> <sighs> well, I sacrificed my time for the rest of this show. Bronson Reed beat Gable in a squash match that uh, I thought was too short, but, I mean, good booking for Bronson Reed. You got anything? Uh, Maximum male models. Maybe getting a new member soon. I'm here for it. Otis. Yeah. It's got a nice ring to it. <laughs> It does. It does. But yeah, it happened. It was there. Yeah. The uh, the whole Bobby Lashley thing happened that we already kind of touched on. You know, Bobby yeah. killed Elias, cut a weird kind of promo. And we arrived at our main event, which, you know, might as well have been the commercials during the main event. Edge versus Austin Theory for the United States Championship. And... You cut a promo for the slam, so we'll go ahead and get these scoops out of the way. Uh, Edge is still taking risk at 49. I thought, you know, he did what? Was there a suicide dive? Yeah. And he did a jumping clothesline off the apron onto Theory, or, you know. He did did a suicide dive uh, at Chamber. He did that jumping apron thing on Raw. Yeah. I'm sure Excalibur would have some fancy name for it, but I'm going to call it a jumping clothesline. But I thought that was cool. And I mean, I don't think that Edge is quite as over as he was when he either first came back or when, you know, he was the rated R superstar. God, almighty, it's been a show. I tell you what. Um, But, you know, it's cool to see Edge. It's crazy to crazy to see Edge main eventing Raw in 2023. Yeah. Mike, this man won the U.S. title when I was like three years old on a random episode of Raw against Kurt Angle. And now he's main eventing Raw in 2023 with Theory. It's just crazy to, to see that. I, I'm not a big Edge fan, but still his longevity is probably um, it's uh, all time at this point. Especially after the whole retirement thing. And shoot, that was like 10 years ago now. Yeah, that was a whole different era of WWE. 
So, yeah, props to Edge, man. I, I've always liked Edge. I know you're more of a Christian guy, but, you yeah. know, to each their own. Sure. All right, what's this uh, <laughs> What's this promo you wrote here in the slams? I'll let you have oh, it. Oh, I just, I'm just, I'm, okay, you got me, Michael. You got me. You put it in my mind that this Judgment Day thing has been going on a long, long time. And I don't know if it's just Balor's involvement or constant involvement that has got me out of it, but I'm just tired, tired of Edge and Finn Balor. It should have been Priest to get that spot at WrestleMania, but it's looking like it's going to be Finn Balor and his little cheesy face paint stuff that's going to take center stage. And, and I, God, I hope it's not a Hell in a Cell match, Michael, because you know they're going 30-plus minutes in a Hell in a Cell Oh, match. yeah. Edge's rivalries at this point go on forever. He's the Jericho of the WWE at this point, Micah. He had a rivalry rivalry with Randy Orton that lasts like nine months. Then he had a, a rivalry with Seth Rollins that lasted, felt like a year. And now this stuff has legit gone on since last spring. When did they turn on Edge? Was that May? June? Something like that, yeah. It was around the summer, I think. Like, it's February. It's February. We're still going on. We're not going to end this till till WrestleMania. Are people really that invested in Finn Balor versus Edge? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm done. I'm tired of it. Move on. It's over. I agree. I, I, I'm the one that planted it in your mind, and now you see. Yeah. yeah. Man, I don't. The, the same way you think of Jericho on Wednesday nights, I'm thinking of Edge, man. His, his rivalries are just overly long, and his matches are, Jesus Christ, they're slogs to get through. I don't know if you ever seen that match he had with Randy Orton at WrestleMania, but it legit went 35 plus minutes. Jeez. And it was an empty arena match. So it felt like he was going on for three hours. Gee, I'm tired of Edge, man. I, tired of Finn Balor. Get him to do something else. I don't want to see this going into Mania. He just, to me, doesn't have the momentum that he used to. And, like, I liked, I think the last time, and I hate to say this, I I like Edge, but I think the last time I was really behind Edge was when they had that triple threat at Mania. Because I was like, I think, at the time, I was like, they should put the title back on Edge. Because he was kind of over, he had just won the Rumble, but... I wanted Bryant. I wanted them to put it on Brian. And now look at us both hoping that Roman, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but, uh, times have changed. Anyways, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. He's miscast. He shouldn't be babyface at this point. Mm-mm. He did his best work throughout his career as heel anyway. That's why. His, his heel run with Judgment Day was very, very short-lived. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. That's why I think the Judgment Day should have never split from him and he should have stayed heel because that's that was always Edge's wheelhouse. When like the only time I remember Edge being a good babyface was when he was really young and he had the uh what was it, Rob Zombie theme song and like right at the tail end of his first run. Like the like 2010-2011. Other than that, uh, his best stuff was a heel, the radar superstar, beating up John Cena. And you, could, 
you could make an argument that he was kind of bland during those those runs when he was a babyface. Yeah. You can make an argument. He he just always felt he felt more. I don't know. I don't know the, the word to use. Um. He felt more over when he was a heel. You know. I agree. It, it just felt more. I don't know. Interesting, or you could lose yeah. yourself in it. Felt more. like him. Felt like him. Like he was being himself when he was just a scumbag with Lita. You know. Yeah. Hey, they were on the same show, man. <laughs> Pair him back up. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> yeah, and have him and Beth Phoenix pull up Matt Hardy and Lita. Anyways, oh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, um, it has been quite a show. Like I said, we will go ahead and close it up. We will not be back this weekend. Once again, like I said, at the top of the show, going on vacation. So we won't have a Dynamite and SmackDown review. Probably a good thing because this dynamite looks like it's gonna be uh, bottom of the barrel. If that's a good way to describe it, what you think? Buns, buns. Yeah, it is. It will be a lot of tag matches, a lot of battle royals, and Tony Khan speaking. Hey guys, um, Ariel Helwani. I said it off camera or off. Whatever. <laughs> that he just sounds like Stone Cold with no grovel in his voice. He does. <sighs> they need to get a, a figurehead up in there. I like all It would be a perfect spot. Do you? It would be a perfect spot for Regal to be the commissioner. I don't know. Or JR. What's JR doing? J Bro, JR does not want to be there. Stop it. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I don't know. Give him something. <laughs> Anyways, um. <laughs> We'll be back next Thursday with Raw and Rumors. Thank you guys for listening to us. And uh, make sure to, you know, share us on Twitter, Instagram. We got TikTok now. We've been posting some reels. So give us a follow there. It's at Scoop Slam Pod. Tell your friends about us. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Go hope you guys, man, I can't even get through the ending without stuttering. <laughs> Have a good weekend, ladies and gentlemen.